Okay, y'all, what is good? So, um, I am over at my parents' house. And, um, so yeah, if you hear any background noise, it's just my parents. My mom is catching up with all her homegirls. They're still on Sabbath mode, so just hanging out. But I finished listening to the, um... Conversation between Tanya and Princella. I'm happy with the outcome because I really thought it was going to be like, you know, when you put a hand out and you pull back a nub, like I thought <laughs> it was going to be like a face off of the gladiators. And I was like, eh, somebody's going to go away licking their wounds. Um, so happy with that. But let's just try to get into this real quick because there's another podcast I want to do right after this. So here were my here were the things that stood out to me between the interview between Princella and Tanya TKO. So um and I'm just going to go by the notes. So somebody in the comments wrote um isn't this the person who sexualized um breast, right? And so my initial thought was like, well, for one, she's not the one who was talking about Love is a mother is a woman's breast. Um, I have kind of tweaked it to say love is a mother's breast. Um, it's actually the person I heard say that was Previn Carrion was, which was somebody that was interviewed by Princella. Um, but what is so fascinating is that I think a woman's breast can symbolize both a mother's love and the sexual aspects. Which when um his whole phrase, the way I remembered it was love is not phallic, love is and he said a woman's breast, but then I started to talk about how as a single woman, do I have nurturing capabilities and that type of a thing, yeah. But even I struggle at times to understand fully like my someone like my mom who even, you know, and we talked about angry breasts and um or good breasts and bad breasts and how we get angry at the bad breast. The reason we get mad and call it a bad breast is because mom is not feeding us fast enough or she's trying to breastfeed us instead of like changing our diaper or because she's busy at work and not easy accessible when we want her to be there or we see her taking care of the other siblings when we're hungry, not understanding that there is still love in the time that she does get to you and that um, even the, the mere fact of her giving you life which is something that phallic um, love cannot do. The mere fact of just even birthing you and carrying you in the womb is love. So that was just kind of like, I don't know how that got misconstrued, but no, she's not the one who sexualizes the breast. But the breast can be sexualized the same way that we can have phallic worship and worship the peen or whatever, but it's not necessarily the embodiment of love. And so then the next thing is I... A lot of y'all know part of the reason I have chosen to just back off for now from following and or subscribing is because of, I've said it before and I'll just kind of, but I don't agree with Priscilla's views on um, like black women per se. Um, I will say this, if I can find somebody that can convince me I'm not black like, I'm just going to have to walk through those woods. And I guess you guys are just going to have to hear me um, go through that process. Um, and I'll probably talk about it in another podcast because then we can go into the like, I'm not black, I'm not a woman, and I'm not tall and everything else, all the other things. So, but the reason it came up is because I think I can kind of understand why she says she's not pro-black excellence or I could kind of I talked about this before I could kind of understand why she's not pro-black magic I could kind of understand a little bit but I don't understand why you would say fuck black excellence um and I understand that the trigger is because that's something that I identify with um and so when she was talking about her experience of being screwed over by black men I think it's possible that maybe her way of saying like screw black men and screw black men is to say screw them in their gender and screw them in the black aspect. And so 
for me, it's like I can ride alongside her and maybe to some degree say screw black men in terms of them being black and male. Um, but I'm having a hard time getting to the screw being black part because I'm black. So it's hard for me as a black woman to walk away from that part, if that kind of makes sense. Like I can do, do the screw black men and screw black men in terms of their gender and their, but not the race part because I am a black woman myself. So that's just something that I have to get over. I know there's um other people that talk about, you know, like saying that we're not black. Um, I have cousins, I've mentioned this before, that are either, his, you know, they're mixed with Hispanic or other races and they don't identify as black. So maybe it's just part of like American conditioning or anything. So I don't, yeah. So I think that her sharing that story about all of her encounters being with black men kind of made me, I think the way she explained it this time helped me understand why she's probably saying like, F black girl magic and F black excellence, I think, is helps me understand it a little bit. Um, the next thing was, um, I thought, so Tanya did more of like an interview style. So this we didn't really get to hear Tanya's perspective too much throughout the conversation. This was just more about, she was hosting like a guest speaker. So Princella came on and... Uh, you can go to um Princella's channel and hear, you know, a lot of the the stuff that she was saying. It's just that she was introducing Princella to um her to Tanya was inviting Princella to talk to her audience, but it was more kind of like, you know, like um I used to work at a um educational institution, higher education, and so we would do those all the time and we would have like colloquiums or you know, and so our teachers would step down to the side and you wouldn't hear from that teacher anymore. You would just hear from this guest speaker. And so then that's how it was. It was just more so of like, to be quite honest, you this is the same stuff that she talks about on her channel. And so it, it yeah, so that, that was that part. But at the 96 minute mark, um, Tanya asked an interesting question was, which was, do we attract our own experiences? Like us as black women, are we attracting, you know, these experiences over and over and over in terms of how people engage with us? And so that was interesting. And what is so interesting too, is that like at the 96 minute mark, we started to talk about the yin and the yang, but we actually did not get to it until the end of the broadcast. So I have it here. Um, and y'all know we've been talking about how Age of Aquarius is Aquarius is masculine. And I think people and I, I can see where we've messed up a little bit. It's not sexual. It's it's about um, the energy. So active versus passive. Right. And so I wrote it down here. So yin is feminine and yin is embodied, but is symbolized by the black on the yin, the yang sign. Um right? And then yang is symbolized by the white and is um, symbolizes the masculine. So right now, a lot of us are, well, age of Aquarius, we are in the yang energy. We are in the white energy. And that's interesting because if we've been talking about stepping into our masculinity, maybe this is the time for me to just be like, go pro white. <laughs> and if people ask me like, yo, why are you saying you're white? Listen, we're age of Aquarius. When you're in Rome, do as the Romans. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just, y'all, sometimes I have trollish ways. Anyways, so then the next thing was, um, oh, I love this too. Um, so Tanya, she takes a, a break every half an hour, which is good because I was kind of a little bit falling asleep. Um, and so I, I, I was like, hell yeah, because this reminds me when I used to do the Pomodoro, which is like, if I'm not mistaken, I think it's like 28 minutes of like 20, 25 minutes of um concentration and focus and then five minutes of like just getting up and being active. And I was like, if I do that every half an hour a day, um, I can hit my exercise goals and whatnot. Um, the only thing I'm going to say is, so she said, because y'all, I'm going to talk about this a little bit more. I'm going to squeeze it in real quick here too. I'm learning that I have to allow myself to be the analytical person that I am. The way that I was brought up is if I agree with you, I disagree with you, I have to cut you off. 
and or I get in trouble. But I, it's not that I don't like these people. It's just that I don't agree with everything and that is okay. And But I, I was made to be analytical. So I notice little nuances and I have to learn to be comfortable with that. But please understand, I, I like these people, okay? So, but, so she, I do like the break. I actually freaking love it. I think I want to do it again. But one of the things she said is, um, sitting is death, right? And remember, we just did an oracle on stillness. And so I just want to be careful with that sentence because it's not that sitting is death so much as being stagnant is death. You need to have moments of action and you need to have moments of um, stillness. Okay. So, um, are there appropriate times for us to sit and be still? Yes. Um, but it is when you sit for too long or without periods of movement that you are stagnant. Okay. Um, so that was just my, my thought there. But again, I, you know, uh, later on in my notes, I started to realize this like, okay, this is how my mind works. I have to be comfortable with it. I can kind of help you understand how I feel, but I also need you to understand I, I don't hate these people. I just disagree with some of the things, or if I agree, I just notice little tweaks and in, in things that I would change for myself and kind of try to be okay with that. So the next thing is, um, yeah, and actually it's right here because I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to go in here and these people are going to think I'm like, you know, so I'm being critical of the topic, not so much the person. So then um, what was interesting too is uh, she asked Princella to explain a concept uh, as if you were explaining it to a fifth grader. And whether she's aware of this or not, uh, it was actually Mina from Universe Guru. She had done a um, YouTube video maybe about a month ago now. And I do like to listen to her. And this is going to be interesting because I'm going to do commentary on another video that she talks about. Um, I thought it was about women's development, but she started talking about single women. So you're going to want to hear my conversation on that because I usually stay away from her relationship stuff because I'm not looking to get into a relationship. So that was interesting. But she talks about how at one point she was, um, had been invited by YouTube to, um, do courses on how she could grow her platform. And one of the things that they told her is that, the consciousness level of YouTube at the time that she was trying to grow her platform, we have the consciousness of a third grader. (coughs) And so a lot of times, um, you know, another thing too, um, I thought it was genius because um, collectively we have the consciousness of a third grader. But the way that you can make sure that you are... um, you understand something is if you can explain it to a third grader or a fifth grader. If you like how I talk about things, if I'm not able to explain to a, a, a third grader, that's kind of like my internal compass. So when I'm explaining stuff to you guys, um, my maxim has been like, if I find myself saying like, mm, am I explaining this in a way that can make sense to like a somebody in elementary school, like a third grader or fifth grader, then I'll be like, you know what, you guys, let me come back to this and let me get more information. I haven't outright said it, but that's kind of like my ruling, my, my rule of thumb. And you will hear when I, when you go back to my older stuff, if, if I'm not sure, I'll say like, I'll come back, but it's because at that point I kind of feel like, okay, yeah, this wouldn't make sense to a third grader or fifth grader. So we definitely need to deep, um, dive deeper into this to make sure that it's clear. So that's just something that I noticed too. Um, the other thing, oh yeah, so she wants to do a collab with um, Tanya, Princel, and Sin- Cynthia G. I'm a big fan. So here's the, here's the thing, right? I'm a sinner. I've said this before, okay? Loyal to the death, okay? I think she's the original queen, queen of furies. And then I've uh, talked about other uh, furies. I have a princess fury. I have a pretty black magic fury. Um, so yeah, but she is the queen to me, queen of furies. And y'all, I totally geeked out because um, later on in the chat, um, Cynthia was in the in the comments and I wrote down what she said because it just made me like almost y'all know I'm emotional I almost started to like tear up a little bit of course I geeked out to just see her on a different platform y'all know I'm on her on her on her page but to see her on a different platform was just like ah 
<laughs> so she put uh, she put thank you ladies because they were just telling her thank you for being there in the chat and then she's like i love y'all ladies the work we do is for y'all and that made me just fall so much more in love with her in the sense of like her heart space you know a lot of the times like she's already figured all of this stuff out she don't have to come and try to share it with the rest of us and in spite of everything going on in life, like she comes on and she presents for us and helps us. And I can tell you, like, it changed my life. I've said it over and over and over again. I'm not going to go into too much details about it here, too. But I look forward to what this means for young ladies, too. So, yeah, I don't know. I And so the same way I felt about the ego thing with, like, Tanya and Priscilla, I can listen to Tanya by herself, Right. I can listen to Cynthia G by herself. Um, Princella is someone who, she's a lecture speaker. She's not really someone that's like a, a debater or anything like that. So, but I think it can work because um, Cynthia has been on a panel before. I've seen her on a panel and so she's able to have like the moments of silence, question, pushback. Um, this was my first time seeing Tanya in a collab where she was able to go into interview mode. I liked that about her. But at the same time, I um, I would like to hear her reflection on things, which is only appropriate to. I think it's reminding me very much of like college settings where, you know, like I said, you're used to having like I'm thinking back to my favorite MBA classes and we would have our favorite instructors and I, I'm i just reliving the moment where it's like he would invite someone, he or she, because I had both male and female marketing instructors or professors and then they would bring someone in and that was all cool and games. But then we still wanted to hear like, what did our teacher think about it and stuff like that. And I guess we still kind of put him on a pedestal, like what he thought, even though we had a really cool guest speaker. So um, I don't know if she will do a reflection on this, but I would just like to hear her thoughts on it. And again, I don't think it would have been appropriate for her to be reacting at the same time because then it would have been like six hours. <laughs> right. So Tanya took more of the interview or host style. So to put all three on a panel, I think Cynthia will be OK with it. Um, Like I said, I've seen her live and in color like in the debates um so she can handle pushback she can handle dialogue or back and forth um and so i think as long as you respect those parameters then you'll be okay you know um the next thing so um yeah i put here that i geeked out when Sin uh cynthia g came on okay so here i put oh my gosh i can't read my handwriting here Prin. Oh, 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 oh. So I put here, Princella talks about science. And so I feel like I understand her science behind what's going on with males and helping us understand males. I think what would be important to me, because it's so funny, like, yeah, we talk a lot about sex and relationships, but the black thing, and I, again, I don't think that she has to be the person to do it. I don't know. But if she had a science behind like how it's easy for her to walk away from being black. If she gave me the science behind it, like I I could kind of like chew it and mull it over, try it on for size. But I'm not sure how she reached the conclusion of just like saying I'm not black anymore type of a thing. So I, that's kind of just where I'm at with that. And so I say that to say, like, I agree with the science that she says. It's just I don't. And I, I completely understand it's a hang up. Right. So then the other thing I noticed is that um, Tanya used the stretch band. So I'm, I will probably look into something like that. Again, I love the breaks. OK, so here's the thing. So what was so interesting is that the, the podcast was titled um, something about like lesbians is lesbians the way to save black women. And so she was, um, we, she reminded us that we, in her, in her theory, she, you have four choices, right? So you can continue to engage with men, but at least you're aware of what you're dealing with when it comes to men. Um, 
you can stay celibate, you can become a lesbian, or you can, um, I think she said, like, play with toys or something like that. Um, so that was interesting, which is going to take me to my other podcast, um, which kind of gives you even more, what talks about even more choices, I think. Um, another really cool thing too. So for me, like I already put it in the description from the previous podcast, strictly dickly over here. It's not that I don't think women are attractive. I don't, I, I think women are very attractive, um, but I don't really look at a woman the way that I look at a guy that has like a de- well-developed interior serratus or like broad shoulders and muscles and like developed calves and like, you know, with dimples and a deep voice. I, you know, um, but I, it, you know, I'm not saying that it's because their women are not clean or I think it's dirty to, you know, like lick on a woman or anything like that. Um, it kind of would... I think in another world makes sense to me because I love my body and I have never wanted to be a man. Um, not ever. I've learned to operate in male dominated spaces and to take on male energy, but I've always loved being a a woman, including how my body is made up and my fem, my female anatomy. So um, so, you know, I'm completely okay with, with female companionship. Um, and I find them to be for the most part, easy to get along with. Not all, you know, I also talk about like, it's kind of hard for me to get along with masculine men. That is a concern of mine in age of Aquarius. Cause I think that you are going to see a rise in more of what we consider masculine men. And I, I'm kind of just trying to figure out, like, as long as I don't get chewed alive like like a piranha, um, may God have mercy on my soul type of a thing, you know. Um, but again, I mean, I, I, I feel like I can learn how to navigate them. Like, if I can learn how to navigate around men in corporate, you know, or in office settings, then I should be able to learn how to navigate around masculine women and still have an understanding and and still maintain my femininity. So that's that. Now, another cool thing is we were talking a little bit about the, a lot of us, um, even though we say we're spiritual, we celebrate the sun, right? Of our zodiac sign, which is masculine energy, but we have so much more in our natal charts, right? Um, just to name a few, we have our Trinity, which is our, our, uh, moon, our sun, our moon, and our rising star, And it's funny because I was talking about how I'm like, wow, us women, it's easy in the 3D world to talk about. And so this was so cool because the next thing that she talks about, uh, Princella talked about was the planes, right? So um, I wrote my notes down. This was so cool. But um, we have the physical plane, the mental plane and the spiritual plane. So, but in the, in the physical plane, a lot of times, even as spiritual people be like, oh, you know, everything is ruled by the patriarchy. But then when we go to the spiritual side, we're just as bad because all we celebrate is our sun signs. That's male. That's masculine. We we don't talk about our um our feminine side or our moon sign. So we really probably are not that as in touch into our femininity as we try to say that people that operate on a 3D uh, dimension or plane do either. So it's just a little bit of course correction we need to do there. So, but here's the cool thing. Some of, somebody in the comments mentioned that um, they've been working on their Lilith and they're comfortable with their shadow self. And then I was like, ah, these are the women that that have stepped away from phallic worship or sun worship. They have stepped into that shadow self. like, And... So that's something that I need to kind of look more into myself, right? And in a roundabout way, I'm exploring what my shadow self is and my femininity. And so it's just coming to that realization in combination with that. Like, how comfortable you are you with the Lilith side? I think that some of you that might have resistance to it, especially if you grew up in the church, is kind of like... Are you going to stick to what the patriarchy told you and what religion told you? Or are you going to kind of open yourself up to that hidden 
knowledge about the woman and are you able to understand that part of the reason they reject you know the that aspect of the woman is because it doesn't serve a male dominated because um, uh, I, I say that um, religion is a man-made um, um, it's a man-made framework right so but yeah so I put here just a reminder that there's three planes physical mental and spiritual um Versus tiny feminine. Oh, and so then to, this was towards the end of the podcast. She taught, was able to explain like uh, at the end of the video, she was able to explain the yin and the yang. And so with um, black symbolizing feminine, um, not necessarily black women, it just means feminine, right? So you can be white and be feminine, right? And... This was so interesting, too, because um, the black is supposed to symbolize feminine um, and the white is supposed to symbolize the white male. But it's not that you were it doesn't. And I could be wrong. OK, so again, we're back to that fifth grader, third grader thing in my understanding. So it's not so much that you would be better like I, it's not so much that a black woman would be better off with the white male because that's how you start to understand black women's relationship with a white Jesus and that is something that's very hard to penetrate like you know um, a lot of us black women including myself grew up with white Jesus being the and it's it's a very hard bond to or yoke to break um, but she talks about how so the black is feminine and that's our creative create our how much creativity we can swim in, and then there's a little bit of white, and white is supposed to be like the action. So, it's we're kind of better served in being all of this creative energy with a little splash of masculine, like put a little bit of action into what we do, and you know have a little bit of a system, save yourself time and money, right? Um, structure and um order and that type of a thing and so for the males they um have a little bit of creativity and so with that creativity they put a lot of power and action and muscle into what it is that they do i kind of i don't you know i'm not so because I was born like this, I'm going to have to learn how to really articulate my um what I'm really thinking. I'm not trying to bash men, I think, at this point. And I'm not saying that other people are. I think that the more I start to understand age of Aquarius, I don't think that the age Pisces or Aquarius is against the male or the female. I think that it is neutral. And I think that it each of the air you know ages are for both of the genders to um to become better versions of themselves, so I really think that age of Aquarius is supposed to benefit both men and women the same way that Pisces was um unfortunately, thing with age of Pisces, a lot of us have taken one of the negative traits of age of Pisces is perpetual victimhood so a lot of us are complaining about both men and women about patriarchy um about the religion about our government and so on and so forth and i think it's really unfortunate because my one of my goals is as we're dealing with the residual aspects of age of pisces i kind of want to revisit what are some of the points that we missed or what were some of the things that we were supposed to take away because it wasn't supposed knowing what i know now it wasn't all intended to be bad so when you talk about yin and yang i think that a man still can make it in age of aquarius matter of fact i think that for me what has been helpful is i make sure to you know just block and delete or do not recommend on any um, male content creators that are low vibrate low vibrational. That being said, a lot of you know I just picked it recently started picking up um trading, 
And so believe it or not, I'm in a group with 10 other males who are professional. You know, they still have their sense of humor. They're human beings. They're they're on the younger side than me, but they love to work together. They're good at teaching other people. One of them is about to have a child and it's really interesting to watch how he is there for the mom celebrating the birth of his incoming son and just hands on and excited for it. He's not trying to run away from it. He's not trying to evade child support or and just excited in a way that I don't really get to haven't been hearing so much over the airwaves. And so I think that there is a demographic of males that are able to operate in their let me go back and look at my notes, y'all. Hold on. Um, there are there is a demographic of males that are able to operate in their yang, right? So they're able to take the little bit of creativity that they have because well, here's what made me want to say that. I uh, at one point I was like, wow, men need women, and I was like, no, 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 that's not healthy. That's codependent. That's how we used to think in age of Pisces that women needed men, and it got us in a world of trouble, and it got us in a world of hurt. And the same way, it's not good for women to say like, we need men. I don't think it's healthy for men to be like, oh my gosh, I need to tap into a woman for femininity. Matter of fact, part of the little bit of the dysfunction, I think was my last relationship. And it's moments like this, like I realized like we really um, were codependent. And I think that he loved me the best way he knew how. And I loved him the best way that I knew how. And we were depending on each other for other things. So I am, like I said, for the most part, pretty feminine. I had to be in my masculine role at work and that type of a thing. But I understand why he chose me because it's like I'm very like the soft, the feminine. And so for him, super muscular, just the way I like, like muscular, strong, um, good with his hands, like smart in his own right. But what was what what I noticed would happen is anytime he wanted to emote or feel an emotion, um, he would come around me, right? And so he was depending on me to be an outlet for the emotions um, versus him learning to emote for himself. And I understand it would be hard for him to do that with his male friends and and around his, you know, like his guy friends or his coworkers and stuff like that. But so then that's what he would come to me for, right? And I think that it's not, I think that you don't want to turn around and say like men need to depend on women for the creative because it puts you in this relationship again where it's abusive or like leeching or sucking off. or And one of the phrases that I learned was like, um, and it, it, I, I was, you know, obviously hurt. Um, but one of the things I learned when I was in the twin flame journey was about like vampire energy, right? And so sometimes that meant that because he was coming to me and he wanted to be able to express his emotions in a safe place. That means that sometimes like, I mean, I had this reservoir of nurturing, loving, happy, feminine energy. And so, but sometimes what would happen, not all the time, but sometimes when he would be gone, I would feel so drained and he would leave and he would just be like skipping through the rest. I'm just kidding. But just like leaving with a way more energetic bank, you know, there was, I, I had deposited all of my energy into his bank. And so he left with the, you know, it was like highway robbery, like in his steel armored truck with all of my deposits of my mental health and happiness and like, and that type of a thing. But he needed that for me and I was willing to give that. But I think that, um, I don't think the answer is to tell men, you need a woman for her creativity because then now you create this relationship where it's like, you're just viewing her as a resource and, um, same thing too. I don't think that we should have to depend on males for our, for action or to be head of household. Um, it is within us and it is an appropriate, um, dimensions to us. So I think that men, you know, you can be inspired by women, 
but not to the point that you're using them or like being vampires and draining their energy or that type of a thing. Um, but anytime a, a woman blesses you with her essence, um, you know, even just talking to women, that why you think, and I, once I started to notice this, once I started to notice this, I stopped going to males, um, podcasts and stuff like that. And like their YouTube, because, and I kid you not y'all, if I told you which some of the guys, um, podcasts I was on, and if I really like, sometimes y'all should be scared what I don't tell you. <laughs> and I'm not even playing like, <laughs> if I told you whose podcast I was in, Every single time I was just, I was that feminine essence that, and I started to understand that they craved it. And it was one of those things where for the most part, they were respectful, um, or kind of like went out of their way to like put me on the pedestal on their platforms and stuff like that. Um, so I'm not saying that they were being, I was treated respectfully over there, but I feel like. Um, once I started to withdraw from some things, cause I just didn't, and this is how I am. I, I, you know, I started to disagree. Same thing I'm doing over here. I did over there. I would start to just not like certain things or start to just figure out, like, I would start to see what was being put in the Kool-Aid and I was just like, yeah, no, I just don't, I seen what you all put in the Kool-Aid. I talked about this before too. My relationship with any movement is that it's very Jim Jones to me. I'm very heretical. So I'm that girl that will be in the back, you know, and I will watch what happens to everybody else. And if the people up front are getting shot, that's when I start to just like mosey on out into the bushes and make a run for it. If I'm sitting in the back of the room and I see how conversations and things are not going up good up front, and I see you all stirring the Kool-Aid while everybody else is watching what's on stage. I'm ob- observing everything that's happening. So I seen when the nurse put the crack cocaine or whatever it was she put into the um into the Kool-Aid while the rest of y'all was focused on one thing. I seen them put the stuff into the Kool-Aid. And then not only that, my ass probably stayed around a little bit more. And... um. Once I started to see those bodies drop, I was like, yeah, no, I'm good. I'm out. <laughs> so I'm pretty much like that with just about anything. But um, but um, it got to a point where, you know, we started to have a lot of these conversations and on different platforms and a lot of women going back and forth with the with the males. And this is all circa post, you know, pandemic time. So everybody's at home. I used to work like get up really early in the morning, sometimes at five, if I wanted to go to a spin class. And then I'd be getting home at 12 o'clock midnight, like literally just tired. So I wasn't really online that much. But once we started to be online and not, you know, everybody was confined. And so I'd be in there writing my little heart out and just a keyboard warrior and like, clackety, clackety, clack, like, you ain't ish, da, 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 respect women, blah, blah, type of a thing. And then I started to realize, like, this is redundant because we're not changing their minds. But I started to pay attention to how the men, um, and they will tell you this too. When I heard this guy say that, I was like, I'm done. I'm not I'm not talking to them in the comments. I'm not in their chats. I'm not on their platforms. I'm giving them zero energy and I'm letting them die dry as F because I started to understand just being around a woman, like her essence. And I've noticed this too. Like I um I've talked about how I have a six foot rule, but it's actually closer to like maybe like a hundred feet. If I can see bullshit from like a hundred feet. You're not even going to get to breathe my air. That being said, I do have my space of males that I do talk to. And me understanding my feminine essence, they like to come and talk to me. And I bless them with whatever my feminine essence is. And it doesn't have to be sexual. And a lot of the times, too, what happens is um, these guys, they they same thing like my ex, Right. But I at the difference between me and my ex and these guys is I'm not sleeping with them. So sometimes we have to think about our relationships and it transcends sex, y'all. Like I think that my both of my exes were sent to me 
because there were things that we had to heal and learn from each other. But unfortunately, a lot of that means like, oh, there we have things in common. Let's sleep with each other and try to make it work and make it turn into a relationship with children. And so with these guys, at this point, it's like they come in and they're able to get what they want. But at the same time, too, I'm not getting drained of my energy. So I say all of that like with the yang energy for males, you're going to have women around you that you can... um enjoy their essence and you can use that as a muse. One of the the um the books by Robert Greene, y'all know he's one of my favorite authors. And so he has the book ca- called The Power The Art of Seduction, which is so funny cuz he also is the author of The 48 Laws of Power. But a lot of you might misconstrue like he actually has two laws of power. He has The 48 Laws of Power, which is for the masculine, but he has The Art of Seduction in there and the issue it could and should be the power of seduction right and in there he talks about the power of the muse and the power of the muse is not remiss on me um it's a concept that i have played with over the years and the more i start understand it and embody it the more i feel like i step into my power to be quite honest so maybe maybe um Maybe we can, I can pull back up the book, but he does have, um, Robert Greene does have the power of the muse. And I think even women don't understand their power as a muse, right? And so then that's where the masculine is going to be able to be like, allow himself to be inspired by the essence of a woman. And so he can then take that and, um, I wouldn't say like alchemize or like transmute that energy with all of his power and his strength and authority um, in leadership and whatever. And, you know, the way of the the way of age of age of Aquarius is the word that keeps coming to mind that I were that I uh, read from uh, Warrior Goddess. If you get a chance to go check her out, she has a it's a dot com. So it's Warrior Warrior Goddess. Um, empowered heart. And so with me being all feminine, like even in my Trinity, so I'm Virgo, Scorpio, and um, Pisces, those are all feminine um, traits. I can have my femininity, but I just need that little ounce of like discipline, structure, logic, leadership, courage, bravery, action, right? um to be successful and i think that you know so and then for masculines it's kind of like um respect that you know feminine essence within yourself and it doesn't mean that you have to become a mush ball or anything like that and it doesn't mean you have to go paint your fingernails and or put on a wig or a dress and if anything you know, this energy is so conducive for masculines. It's like if you kind of felt like you were, you know, um, a little bit on the soft side, like this energy is really conducive to for a masculine to become more masculine if you know how to use it right and you have respect for the feminine, right? For the feminine traits. And you cannot, in my opinion, have respect for the feminine traits if you don't respect the feminine woman. So... Whew, there was that. There was one other thing I wanted to check. Somebody in the chat put primor- primordial. I've heard that word before, but I just wanted to check. Let me see. I think the word is primo- primordial. Okay, let me see. What is primordial? Because they, they put that um, black women are primordial. So it says existing at or from the beginning of time. Ooh, so y'all, I just learned a new word. You know I'm going to be using it again, right? What does it mean to be primordial? Because a person wrote, um, black women are primordial. And I was just like, what in the fuck is that? So it says, first created or developed, existing or persisting from the beginning, earliest form in the growth of an individual organ, fundamental or primary. All right, listen, I love that. Oh, check this out. So it says, what is an example of primordial? Existing at or since the beginning of the world or the universe, the planet Jupiter 
contains large amounts of the primordial gas and dust out of which the solar system was formed. Yo, that's freaking deep, y'all. Oh my gosh, there's seven primordial demons? Rouge, Blue, Vert, Nior, Joan, Blanc, Violet, Purple. In case you didn't know, Rouge is a demon, Lord God, Crimson, while Nior is Diablo. Let me see. Is God a primordial being? The primordial beings are the first and most powerful entities to exist. God is the oldest among them and always um, existed. Mm. All right, I'm going to have to read up on this. All right, and then, oh, last but not least, so shout outs to Tanya. So, Tanya DKO. Remember, I would keep bringing up that there was this book called uh, Athena Code. I didn't remember where I saw it. Um, and maybe it might not even have been on her channel. But um, she uh, reminded us about the book. It's called The Athena Doctrine. The Athena Doctrine. I have not read it. But from what I'm aware, it talks about how women businesses. Uh-oh. There's a little blue jay. Okay, I thought he got caught. I was like, bird, you better run because if Bruno catches you. I thought he got tangled in something. He or she. It's, it's a blue jay. No, it's not a blue jay. It's like one of the... Uh, anyways, y'all. It's okay. So, um, but she's... So, she brought it up again and it was really like really nice to hear her explain a little bit more like even though the um what is the name of that bird it's it's not a blue jay it's not blue but it has a long tail like the blue jay it's like the gray version um but um um back to the athena doctrine and so even though the women's businesses are are they grow slower oh there goes bruno <laughs> so um even though the women's businesses grow, grow slower, it's because they're not as cutthroat. But that being said, they have lo more longevity because of how communal communal they are, right? So even like, I wish I had kind of ha had this understanding before I took my marketing classes and we did a lot of case studies on businesses and <clears throat> how many of those were more like cutthroat, or, you know, like even when you look at it, if I'm not mistaken, with Bill Gates, right? And how he branched off. Even the, even the formation of Facebook, there was treachery amongst the men that put it together, right? And one of them took the ideas and backstabbed the others, um, both with Bill Gates and with um, the, the, the founder for Facebook, right? And so are they successful? Yeah, Right. But it was at the cost of backstabbing the, you know, and betraying the other as opposed to like with women, we're not as likely. And that's that's part of my thing, too. I think when I think about like, um, quote unquote, masculine women is that component, like when they're willing to be like, go for your jugular. I don't know what's worse, like having a male come for my jugular or a female come for my jugular, because both of those, basically, it's the energy, right? They're both one and of the same. Um, and so I talked a little bit about how um, there's the rise of the... Oh, he's he's heading over there, y'all. He heading to that bird. He's going in. So, but about the rise of the aggressive woman. And I understand that a part of it is that she has to eat. And she has to put food on her table. And that means that at any any cost possible if she has to feed her children and um then she's willing to do what it takes even if it means going at another woman um and so you just have to be careful with that i feel like um <clears throat> but but um Outside of that, like to me i'm the type of girl like don't start none won't be none i'm not trying to break a nail um, I probably would have a losing fight, but, you know, type of a thing. 
Um, I don't know how to mollywop anybody um, or anything like that. But uh, yeah, I think as long as we all kind of have an understanding of each other and we can work together. But yeah, with that being said, I just like I told you, uh, Cynthia was in the chat and she's like, we do all of this for y'all. And I just love her heart space for that. And it makes me want to root for her even more and cheer on for her too, because that that is um, feminine empowerment, right? And holding that space to have the conversations for us and you know, I'm going to go record my next podcast. Um, It's not going to be fully developed, but I think you're going to see the title. And um, we're definitely going to build off of that. It's going to be something along the lines of the the woman. Because basically this weekend, this weekend, I got introduced to three options for women. <laughs> that bird and Bruno are, are, they're playing the game of cat and mouse right now. Hmm. Um, so... Uh, you have the choice of being in a log cabin. Uh, you have the choice of being a lesbian. Or you have the choice of doing the Golden Girls. And so y'all can kind of guess which one I'm going to probably opt for. But I wanted to address like how a lot of people, including other women, view the single woman. And they view us as going into this log cabin and being recluse. Um, which is could be the furthest thing from the truth. Um, lesbianism, I don't, you know, and then, um, the golden girls, which I've talked about before. So you also kind of have an idea of which one I would lean towards, but I'm going to go on a separate podcast and talk about that. Love you all. Stay safe out there. Let's continue to learn. Let's continue to have the conversations. We can disagree with the themes, but still like the people and still have conversations and agree to disagree. And I kind of give you an insight, like I would say go and listen to the interview. Um, You can go to either one of their channels and listen and get the meat and the substance. But I was just kind of giving you some of the things that I observed, which could have been a little bit more surface, right? I don't have to rehash or re-repeat everything that they say, but I just kind of noticed, you know, little things here and there. All right, y'all, I'll talk to you later. Bye.